around the world and coast to coast. This is the Phil Nason Show. You're listening to AFR, the Armed Forces Radio Network. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. I am so happy to have you here. We'll be here for the full hour, and today we're going to talk nothing but fantasy basketball. We're on Armed Forces Radio, which we're really thrilled about. We are presented by Bovada and the Dollar Shave Club. And before I begin, I want to send out a great big shout-out to Lenny Melding Fantasy Sports. They have produced their very first fantasy baseball guide. And I was a part of it. I wrote the daily fantasy portion of it. It's a pretty long section. This thing has everything. You can get it at LennyMeldingFantasySports.com. It's $9.99. It's an interactive online draft guide, unlike any other out there on the market. So... Head on over there. You probably can get it around 5 p.m. on Thursday, I suppose, from that time forward. Anyhow, we're going to talk fantasy basketball. We're going to talk a little bit about fantasy all-stars, fantasy busts. We're also going to talk about stats. And maybe my guest and I will make a prediction or two at the end of this program. My guest is from Rotowire. He also has his work presented at DraftKings.com and CBS.com. And I'm an old fella, and I can't remember all the others. Please welcome an old friend to this show from rotowire.com, Alex Reclean. You are in the house. How you doing, dude? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Hey, Good thanks. To be back. Thanks for uh, uh, putting up with that long intro. Not a problem. You know what, though? Here's the funny thing is I didn't bust it up this time. I, I always mess it up. <laughs> didn't take you a second run. <laughs> yeah, well, you've been on this show a hundred times, you know. <laughs> anyway, this... Let's just do this right now. I want to get this out of the way right now. Now, you're, you're a stats guy. I, I th- like to think that I am maybe not the same way as you are. You're headed to the Sloan Conference, so that's a little bit bigger than I have on my plate. They're talking about these NBA hustle stats, and all I've seen for the last three or four days on Twitter, and I've actually seen some uh, fantasy quote-unquote experts talking about these stats, and I, I think that <laughs> I think it's a bit premature to be talking about some of these things. So I wanted to ask you, what do you think about stats? What is the biggest, uh, what do you find the most useful in stats? So in order, so stats are, I I mean, I'm obviously a bit of a stat geek, but. um, That's putting it mildly. But yeah, but in order for stats to be meaningful, they have to be, you know, compiled consistently they have to mean the same thing every day um, and you have to have a reliable supply of them um, statistics should be providing context for the world they should be enlightening you know pr- things that you think you see they should be helping you helping you prove things that you can back up with other, other evidence um, it, 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 it's not Stats in a vacuum are are never a good answer, um, but you know, making conclusions without stats is also sort of not a great idea. Um, you know, so ba- some stats are are really helpful, um, but and I, I'm such a huge fan of these new of of all of the advanced statistics that the NBA has worked out oh, and putting yeah. out over the past few years. Oh, yeah. It's Thanks. been wonderful. They're, 
they're uh, you know a decade ahead of the curve compared to the other sports. I'm I'm so thankful for them and for putting it out there for free. It's all fantastic. Oh yes, you know. Thanks to the NBA, they do deserve a ton of credit. Yes, they do. But when they but when they roll out these new statistics, like they rolled out the new players hustle statistics last week, um, we should be really cautious. It's there are some underlying flaws with how they are collecting these statistics. Um, so this guy. I, I don't even know who he is. Other, I had never heard of him before. You know, this all came up, but his name is Mike Zavag, Zavagno, I guess. That would be pretty um, close, yeah. M z a v a g n o eleven at is his Twitter handle. Right. Um. He's a he's a Cavs writer, and he he sort of dug into this, and he was he found out that according to these new hustle statistics, um. The NBA says that Steven Adams didn't box anyone out at all in an entire game multiple times this season. I, you, trust your eyes. Use your eyes to know that that stat is a little bit flawed. Right. It's just that's not a believable thing. Um, it's just it's not plausible that over the entire course of a game he didn't attempt a box out. Um you know, especially when he's averaging, according to this, these statistics, you know, 10 a game. And there have been games where he boxed out 33 players. It's just this is a stat where there's too much noise and they need to refine their collection data before we can use it to mean literally anything. Right. You know, when they say he's a top 10 box out leader. At 11.3 box outs per game. That doesn't necessarily translate to rebounds. And that's something nope. that you have to be careful of. His box outs may be true, but it's Russell Westbrook is who he's boxing out for. It's part of their offensive scheme. Robin Lopez, 8.6. Same thing. You're seeing more guards go down low and being assisted. You know, we could call them a box out rebound assist. I think that's the next stat. Because that's what they're doing. Marcin Gortat doing assists for the for, guards. For Robin Lopez, all the box outs in the world aren't going to be helpful going forward because he's barely going to play now because um, they just announced that Cristiano Felicio is going to take over the starting role. Right. So In, in a move that's definitely not tanking, don't, don't find the Cavs. They're definitely doing it because they think that Cristiano Felicio is a better player than Robin Lopez. Yeah, and they're disappointed by that, too, because they paid Lopez a lot of money. But anyway, so the, I guess the whole bottom line here is to be really careful with some of these new stats until there's more yeah. uh, actual data to support their data, I think. And, it, and they'll improve. They'll get better. Of course they um, will. But, but right now, they're not consistently compiled. There's... It's there is some evidence that there are games that it's just not working for yet, and those games are counting as zeros in the player's average. But you know, um, over the course of the game, there appears to be no one credited with any box outs at all. At all. Um, so, and that's just not you know, possible. I, I, exactly, and I I trust the NBA to to get this fixed and to make this a usable stat in a year or two. But if anyone is citing 
the NBA advanced stats box outs to you right now, just, you know, close your eyes and walk away. It's, it's the equivalent of right now. The statistic right now is the equivalent of walking to whatever the closest parking lot is and counting the cars in there and, you know, assuming there are three black Honda CRVs in this parking lot that I'm currently standing on. Therefore, black Honda CRVs must be the most popular car in the country. That's a very good way to put that. My thing is, is if you have a quote-unquote expert telling you these things, not what Alex just said, but relying on this as actual fact, don't walk, run, and never go back because they're irresponsible, especially if you're playing DFS. You want to listen to people that know what they're talking about. A lot of these guys don't even watch the games, and it's apparent. You know, you could, and here's the other thing too, Alex, is the DFS players, a lot of them don't watch the games either. I, I go read a forum every day to kind of judge ownership, and it's really obvious when I read what they're saying that they don't even watch the game. I'm not talking about experts, I'm talking about players. So if you're taking these stats naked without any idea what they actually mean or without at watching the games, you better not play them or go ahead if I'm in your contest because I want to <laughs> win fantasy all-stars now I have a list of 10 that I put over the couple weeks at creatorsports.com or creatorsports2 and generally what I did and people were looking for James Harden and Russell Westbrook and I don't necessarily go by that I take their 2017 ADP or their average draft position and I line it up with the uh, ESPN player Raider and thus yep. get to this point where I can determine, was he picked in the right spot? How much did I, I he agree. exceed? I agree. I do a similar thing um, when I am sort of determining my fantasy all-stars or at the end of the season, my fantasy MVP. Um, your fantasy all-star is the player who, who improved your team the most, the, per the player who, um, you know, is the reason your team is winning. It's you're not gonna you're not gonna win because you had the first pick and you drafted the 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 number one overall player. I mean that's you didn't do yourself any damage, but that's not why you're gonna win your league. Right. You're gonna win your league because you picked up Donovan Mitchell. Unless you're you gonna win your league. Yeah, you're gonna win your league because you picked up Laurie Markkinen. If you gra unless you drafted Kawhi Leonard in the first round, then you're hurting. Right. Um, so I, I personally, uh, I, I have, I have a sort of set algorithm that I've used for the last couple of years. Um, I use the average ADP across, uh, Yahoo, ESPN and, and CBS as calculated by fantasy pros. I use the player rankings as calculated by basketball monster. And I, and I plug those numbers into my algorithm, um, and they sort of spit out to me who the fantasy all-stars are. And then I look at it and make sure that it makes sense. Right. Um, you know, but I, I, but I, but the core concept, I am with you a hundred percent. Yeah. See, I did mine a little different than Alex does because, uh, I understand algorithms. We had that DFS <laughs> site after all, but, uh, I don't know how to make one. So I did it the old fashioned way. <laughs> I use my pen and paper, and that's how I've done it for years. And, and Alex will tell you, I still have an idea what I'm doing. <laughs> so here's my first one, all-star. No one, if you drafted Donovan Mitchell, then God bless you. 
because you were smart because I didn't see him coming. Did you see him coming? But he is one of the best examples of a fantasy basketball all-star. He was His ADP was like 140. Yeah, um, yeah, his ADP was actually a little bit worse than that. ESPN stops counting at 140. Right. Um, so they count everyone as 140. Once once you hit 140, they stop counting. Um, I, yeah, he was my slam dunk all, uh, fantasy all-star. Uh, his ADP uh, between averaging, because ESPN didn't have a number, but between CBS and Yahoo's ADP was 179. Right. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Which is crazy low. Um if you got him, you're in great shape. I actually, I, I'll, I'll call myself out for this. Um, I was going through some of the articles that I wrote last summer, and in between the draft and free agency, I wrote an article that I wasn't sure whether Donovan Mitchell or Nigel Williams-Goss would be the the guard that emerged for the Jazz after this this draft, um, and and that I was I really liked Don you know Nigel Williams Goss and let's not rule him out yet. Right, um, I appear to he he's stuck in the G League and and he's, Donovan Mitchell is a borderline All Star, so I appear to have um, been a little bit off on that one. Well, you know what though, that's that's what makes you an expert. You're not afraid to admit when you're wrong, see, because we don't know for oh. sure. And it's easy to look at those stats. I look what I did with the Atlanta Hawks on your show. I mean, oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I had good reasoning behind it. I honestly believed that these young guys would take a step forward, and they didn't. And it is what it is. That's a that's the biggest fantasy mistake, or actual any mistake NBA wise that I've made in a long time. So I'm pretty happy about that. I mean, on that scale, of course. Yeah. But uh, right. Who do you have? Pick who's one of your fantasy basketball all stars, Alex? So I'll to keep some suspense going. I'll go with another one that I mentioned a moment ago, um, which is Laurie Markkinen. Um, he's another one with a crazy low ADP. Um, he actually was drafted in uh, both of the sort of expert or industry leagues, whatever you want to call them. Um, so he wasn't as much of a sleeper as Donovan Mitchell. And I mean, Donovan Mitchell, not only was he a sleeper, he, he didn't do anything for the first two weeks of the season. He really didn't, no. It took him a couple of weeks to be like, oh, wait, no, I'm actually better than everyone. Right, um, and for them to recognize uh, it, too. I, You know, I have Laurie yeah. Markkinen, as you know, on my list, too, because uh, I published mm-hmm. my list a few weeks back. But uh. Right, um, so... Markkanen is someone who you might have drafted, and if you did, good for you. Um, I, I, I knew there was a chance he'd be good, but I didn't expect him to be you know, shooting better than 35% from three. I didn't expect him to be averaging 15.3 and, and 7.7 over the course of the season. That's, those are good, consistent numbers oh, for... Yeah. Um, for a big man or for a rookie, you usually usually you expect a rookie to sort of falter, and he hasn't really had that big slump yet. It's that it's the fact that he's from overseas. You know, the other thing too is you didn't expect this kind of jump from a guy that was in a timeshare with two other players, and mm-hmm. he's been able to do that. You know uh, who did draft him in their twelve-team roto league? You know, I'm roto league. Guess you did. Oh, I didn't. No, I didn't. I I didn't. Uh, Roto Lady, Andrea Lamont did. 
Ah, because I nice. saw her. She showed me her roster. She goes. She asked me how I how she did because she's a baseball genius mm -hmm. and she plays the other sports because she just likes fantasy sports. But baseball is her thing. I I was like, Markinen's going to be a three point shooter. I didn't know how many minutes he would get because I'm like Colin McEwen. We have this system. If you don't play at least twenty five minutes, adios. I can't have you. Yeah. Now, yeah, I, I, mean, I got, I got one that I did policy. pick that's on the all-star team. And okay. I did it in that league with Kyle. I have Taj Gibson. And his ADP uh, was another one. I don't know what it was at CBS. Like I said, I only did it at uh, ESPN. Because, right. well, you know the column that I write is it really that's yeah. what it should be. It's simplistic. And they give you an overview, maybe give you a couple sleepers, whatever. But... I didn't snatch him off the waiver wire. I drafted him. I've always been a fan of Taj Gibson, and I I was a little apprehensive to do this because I thought Gorgie Dang would get the minutes and not him. Yeah, me too. And, but I did it anyway. I pulled the trigger, and I'm very happy that I did. Yeah, I was really down on Gibson. Um, obviously, you know, you knew about the Tibbs connection, but Gorgie Dang had been a solidly, you know, top sixty player for the last two or three seasons, and I just expected that to continue. I, I've been really surprised by Taj Gibson. I didn't predict that at all. Um, well, I didn't either, right you know, away. I honestly. Um, yeah, but I don't, I don't have him as one of my all-stars, but I have him as sort of a, an honorable mention. He, he showed up pretty positively in my algorithm. He's, he's not far behind. He showed up pretty positively on my team, too. So I had to throw him a shout-out. I'm sure he's thrilled behind this, too, because I tweeted him, and he retweeted it after the thing. <laughs> really? That's funny. Because the players love uh, that stuff. They really yeah. do. You know, the players, they might not care about your fantasy team, but they're sure thrilled that you trusted them enough to be on yours. And that's pretty yeah. cool. You got, a, you got sure another player? Make sure them, it, like, yelling at them. If oh, that's goes. okay. You know what? I want to say... It's okay to be nice about it, but they don't, want, they don't care if you're going to be mean about it. <laughs> I wanted to say something about that. You had a tweet, and I believe that that was my tweet of the week in that same column. Yeah. And where I, I, I completely agree with you. You know, the other one, I, I, Alex wrote a tweet, or tweeted a tweet, wrote, I guess. You did write it. But, yeah. you know, when you sit back and you watch Twitter and you see fantasy, I wouldn't say the experts do it or fantasy touts do it as much as the fans, the guys who play. And they're tweeting at people like their their best friend, hey, you cost me money. You know, those players don't like that. You know who else doesn't like it is the reporters. Um, when you tweet them because they didn't get the lineup out. You know, I covered the Knicks two seasons ago, and I for that reason I never, ever told anybody anything on Twitter because I didn't want to be bothered if it didn't come out right. Leave those people alone for God's sakes. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're just tweeting out what the team says. Um, yeah, just be nice on Twitter. It's, it's a hard thing to, for people, I guess, for some reason, but be nice on Twitter. Be nice on uh, Twitter. Give me another all-star. Um, be nice on so Twitter. This one, this Don't be a twidiot. This one's kind of bittersweet for me because I was really high on him. Uh, I drafted him in most of my leagues, and I held him for a couple of weeks. And then, you know, he struggled a little bit and I let him go. And I, you know, he hadn't broken out quite as I expected. And I let him go and then someone snatched him and I've never gotten him back. Um, 
and, and that's um, that's Josh Richardson. He he has been yeah he had he had a span in mid November where over the course of let's see, I'm pulling it up over the course of um, fourteen games. He only scored in double digits three times, <laughs> <laughs> and he was averaging less than three rebounds, less than two assists, right, and less than one three. And my team was struggling a little bit, and I thought, you know, maybe I was just unrealistically high on this guy. Maybe it's time to let him go. Um, but if you had the ability to keep Josh Richardson on your bench during that period, or if you're the guy who picked him up after, even despite that 14-game span, which, by the way, that's about uh, about a third of the games he's played, maybe eh, about about a quarter of the games he's played so far this season. So despite the fact that he was bad for a quarter of his games, he is currently ranked... Uh, inside of the top 60 for the entire season. So that means for the for the other three quarters of games, he's been much better than top 60. Yeah, uh, see, I have him at 63. You, or I'm sorry, I have him at top 50 overall and 12th among small forwards on ESPN. You know yeah. what's funny? You cut him from your team, and it looks like his name got cut off in my article, but it's obvious who I was talking about because I said, it's interesting to see where Richardson finishes his season. You know, a lot of people cut him. I've been here's the thing, Alex. I do a waiver wire of the week, and then I do some streaming stuff in this. Well, you're familiar with the column, and for mm-hmm. the listener who isn't, I, it's published every Sunday at creatorsports2.com. Anyway, I do that, and Josh Richardson has been over forty percent available for the entire season. Um, yeah, he's been he's been really good. It's been it's been wild. Um. It's the breakout that I thought might be coming last year when I held on to him aggressively long, um, and I'm 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 happy to see him. A lot of people are saying that he might be the best player on the Heat right now. Um, I don't watch a ton of Heat games, but statistically, at least, that holds up. Yeah, well, he does. And the other thing too is they've had so many injuries, and that's why I couldn't believe that he was uh, parked where he was and not more owned than he should have well, been. The problem is, the, you know, at least going back to the start of the season, it, you know, it's now clear that Josh Richardson is a cut above. But going back to the start of the season, I saw the Heat as having, you know, basically five interchangeable um, players. Right, that's uh, true, in, too. Who, who, in, in, their, in their backcourt. You, you have Dion Waiters, you have Josh Richardson, you have Tyler Johnson, um, Wayne Ellington. You, you you had Wayne Ellington, who I, I thought was slightly worse and actually might not be. Um, right. At have, threes, he's great for threes. Yeah, excellent. Um, you have Goran Dragic, who's, who's not going to lose any minutes. Um, and you've got, you got, um, you got uh, Jackson, John, James Johnson, who's going to sort of squeeze the minutes as well. And you got Justice Winslow, who hasn't been great so far, but you still got to love his long-term upside. And so there were just so many names playing the same position that um, 
I, that that was a real struggle for me and for a lot of people when looking at heat, the heat back court. Um, All right. Yeah, so I sure. don't, I don't really blame people for being slow to get there, um, or for being hesitant, but man, if, if you're, if you're one of the ones who got Josh Richardson, you've got to be pretty happy about it. I would think so. Let's move on to some busts. Do you have um, another, sure. do you have another, well, outs- do you have another outstanding well, all-star? There are just a few that we don't have to talk about him much, but we should we should throw out Victor Oladipo. Oh yeah, he's on my list. Still somehow a top ten player. Disp- like I, I keep being sure that he's gonna fall off, and and he keeps not falling off. Um, and that was an incredible draft day steal that's gonna do a lot of teams a lot of good. Oh yeah, Lou Williams. Oh Lou yeah, Williams he's is the, is he's the latest Kyle Korver. I can't think of another player other than Kyle Korver who their two best seasons have been over age thirty. Yeah, sure. Um, and who were just, you know, role players before that. I, yeah. I It's crazy. I, I thought, I didn't think I'd see it again after Kyle Korver, and apparently here it is. You know, it's um, interesting when you bring up Lou Williams, though, is that the last couple seasons you could see it. You know, he's starting to come back from those injuries. Those were bad. When you hurt your legs, and that's what you, and you rely so much on them, you, know, you get a little nervous, but Lou Williams, he's on my list. Taj Gibson, well, of course. You know, you brought up James Johnson. I drafted him for the threes. I'm not disappointed with him, but uh, I still get my threes. But, yeah, that Miami thing was tough. Don't beat yourselves up about not drafting Josh Richardson. Go ahead, buddy. So, Gary Harris, um, he he's another one who's sort of – deserves a little bit of love in terms of a uh, borderline fantasy all-star. Um, Tyreek Evans. Is yeah, I got Tyreek. I didn't give Gary any love. He played for Michigan State, so screw them. <laughs> Tyreek Evans is one of the biggest reasons that I'm, I, I'm in the, in the running for one of, one of my, one of my leagues. Um, so, yeah, those those are really the big names. You know, Andre Drummond uh, has exceeded expectations. Um, Larry Nance is another one who was on my honorable mentions, um, and Clint Capella is is another one who's sort of a borderline honorable mention, even though um, even though I'm actually disappointed because he's not playing. He, there's still room for his minutes to grow. Right, but he—he's another one who really exceeded draft value. See, I have like guys like Joe Ingles, who was really good. He exceeded things, and uh, he's still available widely. Kelly Olynyk is also big time, made a big time jump. Darren Collison is another one who uh, made a big time jump. So those are my guys now. Fantasy basketball busts, and this was something that I thought would be more difficult than it was. But in my system, it was pretty easy. Miles Turner, I'm talking about you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, yeah. That's a big one. Um, that's a really, really big one. Yeah, he's uh, like 81 on the Raider, and he was picked around the 27th pick at ESPN. So I'm like, wow. that was a. I expected more from him. Okay, he got hurt, but still. Yeah. Um Kind of amusingly, my algorithm for finding busts, um, the number one bust that it threw out was Michael Beasley because it doesn't understand um, 
<laughs> Michael Beasley season. Right. Well, most we, I'm a no Knicks fan. I don't either. So. No one understands Michael Beasley's season. Is he the best player on the Knicks right now? He might be. He he could be. I, I think, honestly speaking, though. Can you imagine? Though, can you imagine telling someone at the beginning of the season that the the best player on the Knicks after the All Star break was going to be Michael Beasley? I I I picked him up off the waiver wire in the experts league. I mean, with Kyle and those guys. And oh. Uh, yeah, I mean, you got a... A long time ago, I picked it, it, him up, right before yeah, Christmas. He, I mean, He went off on Christmas Day. I mean, he he's... Yeah, but you know what's going to happen is now they're going to tank, and he's not worth the crap. But uh, Miles Turner, neither are you. <laughs> Derek Favors is another one who's been disappointing. His, his season has been... His, his sort of season averages have been a little bit statistically saved by the extended Rudy Gobert injuries, but I really bought into the, um, I really bought into the notion that last season was, um, last season was heavily injury based and that it was, you know, this year was going to be different. Um, and, and so, the fact that he really just has not returned to to those levels to to you know he was a top forty guy two seasons ago he was and then Gobert showed up and then that was kind of like church from there yeah and and but it's just it's it's so wild to me that his decline has been has been so remarkable. Um, his decline has been just so remarkable and, and, and unexpected and, and all of that. So um, he's, a, he's a big bust for me. Yeah, he is. You know, he did have a couple good weeks when Gobert was out. Let's, we'll give him that. But, yeah, he, he didn't make my list because I had some uh, bigger fish to fry, like Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin got hurt, okay, he missed 16 games. But when you're taking Blake Griffin with a 30-second pick and he is currently sitting at 82, that's a bust, in my opinion. That's a big jump. That's a really big jump. And and I can't believe how how far he he fell. he was so good at the beginning of the season. Oh, yeah. I thought he was going to be amazing. But then again, you know, you're playing for the Clippers and they have all these uh, this internal strife and inconsistencies with their front office. So, you know, now he's with the Pistons. I don't know how he's going to manage to pull himself out of there. But he's making all-stars out of guys like Reggie Bullock. Yeah. You know who you know who else is is frankly a huge huge bust? John Wall. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I called on my show yesterday. I didn't expect you to get it so perfectly. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I, I know a thing or two, um, as you know. But, you know, the thing is, is uh, yesterday I said on my show that John Wall is not elite anymore because I don't think that he is. And, oh, my own. I got basically crucified for that. But I don't care because here's the deal. Of all of them, he's the worst one. 
He's probably the worst disappointment in the history of fantasy basketball busts that were healthy. Now he's hurt, but it didn't matter. He was still playing when I uh, wrote about I this. Like, I feel like you're being maybe a little strong, but but not a. T- I mean, it's not a crazy thing. He was a borderline first round pick. Oh yeah. Who, who is literally performing at the level of Gorgie Dang last year? <laughs> like. <laughs> like, I mean, actually worse. I I I would trade John Wall this year for 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 Gorky Tang last year if if I had that option. Right, um, I agree with you completely. That's <laughs> he, but see, I amazing how I could spot that so quickly. Um, you got another name? Um, so Julius Randall is another one who I'm still a big believer in, but. You know, the Lakers rotation has not done him any favors. Uh, I still like his per 36 minutes, but a lot of people were expecting a big jump from him. His ADP was uh, fairly high, sort of mid-rounds, and he hasn't been a top 150 player. Um, Similarly, Yusuf Nurkic has been another guy who some people were expecting a leap from, and... He's certainly taken a big step back. Hey, this is what I wrote about Nurk, because you saw that, I'm sure, already. But I suppose a lesson can be learned here. A 20-game sample size isn't enough to draft a center ahead of players like Al Horford, but recency bias strikes again. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly... You frame that and put it in a poster. A 20, 20 game well, I'm trying to do it. I'm going to put it next to the paycheck I get. but seriously i i like nurk you know i called it on twitter i i used to host that blazer show if you remember and the guy who took over for me uh i'm still friendly with those guys obviously or of course not always does that work but um anyhow uh i wrote to him one night i said on twitter i said tonight's a nurkish night because i was playing him at FanDuel. And the guy went off like a big balloon. I had him at 1% owned. But he was a bust. And the reason he's a bust, a lot of these busts aren't really because they're busts because a lot of these guys, except for John Wall, are having career years, except you think too highly of them. Yeah, so, I mean, Nurkic, is a, is, there's a ton of talent there. I, you know, I always, go back to the, I always go back to the um, Zach Lowe's reporting from his rookie year. Uh, and early in his sophomore year, when the Nuggets made Nurkic the only player untouchable in trades. So the Nuggets were a big trade deadline. I don't remember who they had at the time that was heavy in the rumor mill, but um, Fareed was definitely one of them. And they were willing to trade anyone except Nurkic. Um, So there's a lot of skill potential there. But he is a grumpy player. He's an inconsistent player. Uh, he is apparently a very immature player. Um, he, there are tons and tons and tons of reports of his attitude getting in the way of his abilities. And that appears to be what is sort of striking again here, um, or at least a part of what is striking again um, in terms of his thing. I, another sort of quick little Nurkic story, and, and a time when, you know, as we started the show, you know, we need to find the intersection of what we see and and what the numbers tell us. Right. So I I usually start my you know rankings my with um, an algorithm, 
and I created an algorithm last summer to uh, off of which I built my preseason rankings. Um, and my algorithm totally left Nurkic off, and I didn't include him in the ranks initially. The ranks went public. Um, you know, a reader was like, "Hey, where's Nurkic?" And I was like, oh, that's a good point. I should include him. Right. And, you know, so I, I put him in what turns out way too high. I put him in around, you know, late 50s or something. But, you know, my numbers in that instance, my numbers were right. I, I, I made a pretty good algorithm and my algorithm really didn't like Yusuf Nurkic. Right. I did, but I didn't uh, draft him, dude. I'm a big fan of Bosnia people. <laughs> I think he's fine. I think I think well, you know what? He probably reads Blazer's Edge and they talk bad about him and that makes him upset. You know, um, you know, another another big big bust that um Are you gonna say you're gonna say Andrew Wiggins? I I was gonna jump over him. I never was all that high on him. I his He's, according to my algorithm, he's the second biggest bust of the season. So he's, he definitely warrants consideration, but I never even considered drafting him in any team of mine. So I was just going to skip over him. But yeah, right. we can talk about Andrew Wiggins if you want. <laughs> well, because I have him on my list too. And, and to me, he's the biggest bust. But then again, that's not his fault either. The minute they acquired Jimmy Butler and Jeff Teague, yeah. there became a tough thing. When yeah. your main production comes from your scoring, your raw mm -hmm. scoring, you're going to be in trouble. And yeah. especially with Jimmy Butler, as soon as Jimmy Butler came out in the news and said, I have to take this thing over, and he yeah. has, oh, adios yeah. to Andrew Wiggins. If you have him on your roster, then you should have traded him to yeah. someone who didn't do their homework like you. Yeah. So I was going to say Carmelo Anthony, though. Ah, see, I uh, didn't put him in there because I don't expect anything out of the old fella anymore. Still a lot younger than me, of course. But I didn't expect a lot, but you know, uh, I like most people expected him to fall off, but he's fallen off farther than I expected. Um, and his ADP was still pretty high. His ADP was still thirty-four. Well, um, sure. All the sites combined. So, um, you know, I I don't think I had him that high. I think I had him closer to the fifties or so. But I mean, he's outside the top 100. He's he's not been that great. He, he's ownable, but he's not been that great. And that's just it. Uh, yeah. I never take uh, Oklahoma City players except for Russell Westbrook. Mm -hmm. Um. So we spent a bunch of time talking about two rookies in our fantasy all stars, and that makes me uneasy because, as you and I have talked about a million times. Drafting a, a a rookie in fantasy is never a good idea. Um, it works out sometimes, but it doesn't work out every time. Um, and much more often than not, it doesn't work out. So I want to just sort of go through some of the rookies who are showing up sort of highly uh, on my on my bust algorithm. Um, Lonzo Ball, he is no, producing nowhere near his ADP. <laughs> that was Simmons. easy to see, though. Right, but but even Ben Simmons, he's not producing at his ADP. He's, he did he's at the beginning, good. though. 
He did it he the did beginning of the season. The beginning. That's true. But I mean, but that's the thing. The problem with rookies is over the course of the entire season, they rarely live up to their ADP. And the ones that do are really hard to predict. Going into the season, I didn't think that Donovan Mitchell and Laurie Marketing would be the two rookies that would be making the NFC All-Star squad. No, I didn't either. To, if you asked me to you know, rank the top 10 rookies who I thought were most... If you told me at the end of the season, two rookies will be on your fantasy All-Star squad, rank them. Laurie Marketing would have been like roughly fifth or sixth on my list and Donovan Mitchell wouldn't have made the list at all. So who else do you um, got on your list? So, all right, so Lonzo Ball was a bust. Uh, ben Simmons was statistically a bust. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, stati statistically speaking, was a bit of a bust. Um, a little bit, we're getting a little bit closer to even. Uh, let's see who's next here. Um, and that's it. But, but my ranking system only looks at players who are in the top 180 overall. Okay. Um, so those four rookies are in the top 180, but were drafted much higher than their production has justified. That um, makes sense. Um, and then, uh, so, you know, uh, there are just, there's so many, there's so many rookies. Um, Dennis Smith Jr. is doing so poorly that he doesn't even show up in my ranking system. He got right. cut off. Okay. Um, they're, they're just don't draft rookies most of the time. Yes, two rookies are on our list, but most of the time. That's a fluke, rookies. though. You don't call those. You don't see those from the beginning of the season. You don't see that at all. If you drafted uh, Lori Markinen, it was on the hope that he hit some threes after you yeah. saw him play in the uh, – Preseason. Josh Jackson, Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, um, these are rookies uh, who are doing so poorly that they don't even qualify for my algorithm to say that they're doing poorly. And that's that's funny because you can still use them in DFS and do real yeah. well. Now you got Markel a prediction Fultz. for people me for the second half? People were, were drafting Markel Fultz. Poor people. I didn't, I, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> I have friends who coach AAU, and I go to these people about all these draft choices, these top picks like Trey Young, for example. But Markel Fultz, I was told that he has an AAU spin move and he'll never amount to anything in the NBA. And so far, they're right. And then he got hurt on top of it. Okay, so, and, and Trey, Trey Young, I'll talk about him in a couple weeks. But um, who do you got as a, what, do you, what, what is your biggest prediction for the rest of the fantasy season, Alex? Because we got to wrap this up. Um... I think Larry Nance will be a top 100 guy the rest of the way. How's that? Wow. That's a good one. We're on the same team, though, because I have a Cleveland Cavalier projection and a prediction. I believe, because everyone's already given James Harden the MVP, fantasy basketball MVP, which is usually the same thing, um, not in my algorithm or yours. LeBron James is going to be the fantasy basketball MVP the rest of the way through. The I games, the, and okay. Nance, too. Listen to Nance. Listen to their schedule, though, that they have coming up. Washington, they bleed points to wing players. Memphis, the Spurs without Kawhi, they're probably going to tank now because they want to pick. Brooklyn, Philly, Denver, Detroit, Denver, Clippers, Lakers, Suns, 
Trailblazers, Bulls, Bucks, Toronto, Phoenix, Brooklyn, Miami, Charlotte, New Orleans, Dallas, Toronto, Washington, Philly, Knicks, Knicks. All those teams bleed points to the small forward position. I, yeah, I, but like the Cavs need to rest LeBron James. You can't keep putting this 33-year-old out there for 37 minutes a night. It's you If you're, you're doing... You, the, the Cavs don't need the regular season. They need the playoffs. And you need a well-rested LeBron James to do that. And giving him that kind of minutes and that kind of run is not good for the long-term health of the team. I, I hope for the sake of the playoffs and for the sake of LeBron James' career that he is playing less minutes the rest of the way. And if he's playing less minutes the rest of the way, then he's not going to be you know, a, a top 10 guy in fantasy. Um, so, so I'm down on that. Um, See, I'm I, not because LeBron runs that team and he likes to play. He's going to play every yeah, minute and, and available. And I also don't think that uh, that uh, Tyloo is a great coach. So, so that so that's reasonable. All right, that's I actually perfect. Think Gary Harris will also be, you know, I think Gary Harris will also be very good. Or not Gary Harris. He's already good. Um, George Hill. Yeah, all those guys, all those guys. Rodney Hood's going to be good too. You know, when you play with LeBron, if you're a three-point shooter, you automatically get better. I tell you what, this show automatically got better. Thanks for being here, dude. Thanks for having me. All right, you can find Alex over at rotowire.com, and that's going to wrap it up for today's show. Until next time, you all take care of yourselves. Be good, and most importantly... Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you.